Need to make a call? Look for a police call box. That's where you'll find Two on Who, the new Doctor Who podcast from Electric Surge. Two on Who is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman from Inglorious Trexperts in the 430 movie. And if you're a James Bond fan, you want to pick up my new book, Nobody Does It Better, the complete uncensored oral history of James Bond and Spy Mania. It's a hefty tome, and it's available now wherever you purchase books, audiobooks, and digital. Check it out, and I will renew your license to kill personally. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman. If you've been enjoying listening to us, imagine how entertaining will be when you are watching us. Now you can watch the 430 movie with Steve Melching, Darren Docterman, Ashley Miller, and me, Mark A. Altman, every day on Electric Now. How do you get Electric Now? You download Distro TV, Stir TV, Zumo TV, and soon the Electric Now app. And You just have to pick one. You don't have to have all of them. You don't have to have all of them, but it helps. And you can watch us on the Electric Now channel. Don't miss us as we bring you the 430 movie in your house in person. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman. And this is Darren Doctorman, and we are the Inglorious Trexperts. Then it's not too late. We can help you. Mike, you helped me all along, kept me down, robbed me of my own command. I'm a good officer, as good as you. I've watched you for years. The great Captain Kirk. They told you to do it to me. You all conspired against me. You ruined me. And welcome to another action-packed episode of Inglorious Treasures. This is going to be a crazy it's episode. A, it's another goofing around, hanging out, talking about lists. Yes, that's <laughs> correct. And uh, to talk to, to, for the listicle action, we have the listicle, uh, listicle mm-hmm. the listicle action. We have returning uh, returning guest. Uh, you know, as a writer of such movies as Thor and X Men First Class, TV shows like Lore, Black Sails. Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles, Mr. Ashley Edward Miller. Welcome back, Ashley. Thank you for having me. And uh, making his return to the big shoe is uh, the wonderful Michael Sussman. Michael was the co-creator of Perception with Eric McCormick. He was also a writer-producer on both Star Trek Voyager and Star Trek Enterprise and was part of our... I didn't tell you how great the commentary did on... um, on, Star Trek: The Motion on, Picture. On Star Trek: The Motion Picture. That was a huge. It was huge, huge number of downloads. Maybe one of our most successful shows. Bigly. And I think they came to listen to you. Oh, I think they came to listen to. Darren. Thank you for doing that. No, that no, was no. really. That was, they that was came really to good. Listen to all of us. I think we're going to do Star Trek Two next. Ooh, that'd be fun. Oh, yeah. yeah, I think we're going to invite Bob Salen down and and that'd uh, be awesome. Hey, maybe Nick Meyer. And then do. Uh-huh. <laughs> we'd like room. to get a word in Android. <laughs> <laughs> do two commentaries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The two of them together. I'd like to see his commentary on Young Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't think we'll do a cage match between Nick Meyer and Bob oh, Salen? That'd be fun, but, but no, 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 we'll, no, we don't we'll, want to hurt anybody. No, no, and uh, I both those shows were great. Both those shows were great. Um, the Bob Salen episode, Nick Meyer, uh, I, I think they were both fascinating. This is a show about um, listening to our old episodes right. and talking hey, let's about. Let's do a list, like the top ten Inglorious <laughs> no. Rexperts episodes. No, or maybe the top ten worst. That's none of that is true. The top ten of the worst. <laughs> the crazy guest list. I, 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 you want me to get on with the show? <laughs> no. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think of the new podcast studio, the John Gill Memorial Podcast? Studio? I, I love it. I'm expecting to find Melikon hiding behind uh, these curtains. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, good. You can stay. Well, no. I, and and here, here's the I thing. I forgot my third Reich emblem. Though. That is a way. It's called a swastika. I was trying not to say it. I think you can't say that in Germany. So, I, yeah. well, we're I don't not know if this in Germany. International. I, I, I'm totally. It is. We actually have fans in Germany. <laughs> sure. on, on Twitter, I always have to translate. It says see translation. Right. The, 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 at least one guy in Germany who listens to it. Um, because, uh, anyway. Is he the one who said that our stories were getting old? No, he was not. Um, (laughs) you know, you're giving that guy much too much airplay. 
Way too much. The guy who said you that. One guy, it. and all of a sudden, it's, it That's becomes a happens, whole thing. You know? One guy. Um, he's never a revolution. There's one man with a vision. <laughs> <laughs> one troll with a vision. But uh, anyway, so I was going to say that you mentioned Patterns of Force, yes. which is a perfect introduction into today's episode, which is uh, Crazy Town. Crazy, crazy town. town. Crazy Town. Crazy Town. We're talking <laughs> Crazy Trek. We're talking about the most fanatical Starfleet officers. And for an organization in which the future is more competent, in which we're, we're you know, mankind has, has achieved. Uh, humankind. Uh, humankind, yeah. Humanity. I mean it in the global <laughs> sense. Women, men, everybody, the whole Megillah. So anyway, humankind. Megillah is a gorilla. That's no, true. Humankind has achieved this kind of, if not perfection, you know, highly evolved. There are a lot of crazy Starfleet officers, a lot of people who've gone off the reservation. Apparently more now so today, but I haven't watched those shows. Okay. Well, okay. We, we may get to those. We may get to those. Who I knows? don't know because I know where we're going to start. Where are we okay. going to start? Nobody had better, more crazy Starfleet officers than the original show. Well, this is Absolutely. true. I mean, you know, so memorable, and that's probably the best place to start. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you, you, you knew this was coming, uh, your favorite or one of your favorite fanatical Starfleet officers, crazy, crazy, crazy town. Uh, um, and uh, we'll start with you, Mike. Who? who... Oh, wow. Uh, well, I'm going to I'm going to pick the, the the I think the, the top of my list here. I, I just assumed I was going to go last. But uh, Matt Hold Decker. Matt, Matt Decker. Decker. <laughs> Commodore Matthew Decker. We tried to contact Starfleet. Uh, no one heard. No one. We couldn't run. What happened to your crew? Oh, I, I had to beam them down. Oh, we, we were dead. No power or phasers, useless. I stayed behind. Last man, captain, last man aboard the ship. That's what you're supposed to do, isn't it? Uh, and then it hit again, and the, the transporter went out. There they were down there, and I... I'm, I'm up here. What here? What attacked you? They say there's no devil, Jim. But there is a... Right out of hell, I saw it! Matt, where's your crew? On the third planet. There is no third planet. Don't you think I know that? There was, but not anymore. They called me, they begged me for help. Four hundred of them. I couldn't. I, I couldn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Matt Decker, of course, was the captain of the USS Constellation. Um, who, uh, MTC met... 1017, because you rearranged the That's numbers correct. there. Right? <laughs> yeah, on the AMT model kit. <laughs> Um, w- w- tell us about why he's your pick. Uh, you know, he, he, he was Star Trek's first take on, on Captain Ahab. Yeah. Right. You know, really, uh, he, it's, you know, such a memorable performance. He, you know, he's, he's driven to the very brink out of sadness, really, about what happened to his, his crew, his, uh, his desperation to, to save them. I'm, I'm sure there's one or two people around here who can do a, a, a much better Decker impression than I can, but <laughs> and yet you're going to right now. <laughs> there, was some, there was something stiffer in here. No, I, don't I, wait I, for I the translation. Answer me now. Everyone, everyone has to do their favorite Matt Decker line. Right. There was, but, but not, not anymore. anymore. Uh, uh, my they for called help. me. They begged me four hundred of them. <laughs> but I, I couldn't. Wait a second, wait a second. Is that Matt Decker or is that Chunk from the Goonies? Like just talking about it. And then this is horrible. I went to the top of the balcony and I dumped all this fake vomit, and everybody threw up. I mean, you know, we could just do an episode of great Matt Decker lines from this episode yeah. because, of course, they're on the third planet. There is there no, no third, third planet. planet. Don't you think I know that? <laughs> And, you know, it's crazy because, uh, again, this is a well-documented story, but um, um, originally they had been talking about casting Robert Ryan right. uh, in that role. Robert Ryan, who you know recently ch- shot The Professionals. Of course, he was famous from his noir, uh, his work in noir um, on Dangerous Ground. I mean, just a fantastic actor. But, you know, 
of all, he was a very internal actor, you know, and and there was a basic sense of decency that Robert Ryan had, um, even in in the Wild Bunch in '69. Mm-hmm. You you know, he's the guy who's like turned on the Wild Bunch and is helping the train company find. Um, uh, his old partner, right. you know, he plays Deke Thornton. Mm-hmm. But even there's a sense of decency. You can never hate him. And you know, he was he was a really interesting guy. He was a he was a super liberal. He was um, very politically active. Really, really wonderful actor. He was uh, the Eric Stoltz of Star Trek. No, 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 no. <laughs> and no, he was no. replaced by, by Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox. And, and the yeah, story right. is that Shatner didn't want a uh, Ryan cast because he didn't want an actor with that kind of magnitude huh. that would overshadow him. Whether or not that's true, that's always been the story. I'm not sure that's quite true because that I don't like think sounds like a story that Jimmy Doohan might have. I, told. I don't think these <laughs> stars really got to weigh in on the guest cast. Yeah. I don't think they were aware. You know, no. on a, on a production. You know, I mean on. Uh, no, I've had situations. <laughs> no, not that person. Uh, Next. So, um, so it, it, you know, whether or not that is true, Robert Ryan was not cast. Instead, they got a working actor, wonderful actor. William Wyndham. doing a lot of, you know, million shows in the 60s, uh, character actor, um, uh, William Wyndham, who was just terrific in that role. Yeah. And not, and fearless. You're not afraid yes. to look awful. Right. You know, he's just a ma- as you would be if you've lost your entire crew right. and a whole planet, and a whole planet. But he, you know, and then and then you know, it, it's great because we're talking about a guy who has been cripple, an emotional cripple at this point, who's just been destroyed. But where's the fanatical captain come from? Well, he's really a fanatical commodore. Um, is 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 when he takes command of the Enterprise, right? Mm. Which is a a series of glorious scenes between him and Nimoy. Um, you know, their face-off on the bridge is so freaking good. Yeah. Uh, and it's only capped by um, uh, by Kirk saving the day over the comlink uh, and saying, you know, uh, I, I give you I give you uh, permission as uh, my personal, personal responsibility authority as authority captain of the, the Enterprise. Enterprise. Which, by the way, I don't think is like regulation. Sure, it it's is. Like, <laughs> I don't recognize your authority to relieve me. <laughs> but they basically staged a mutiny against you know the yeah. commodore who outran. That was the whole probably the whole point I imagine of making him uh, right. you know a, a commodore. commodore of the local. Yeah, to put you know, that to put that extra club. extra force into it. I love that episode. It's great. Yeah. I love that. Episode. Here's my question, and it's really it's not just about Matt Decker. It's about the Decker family. Yeah. What is it? about the Decker family and massive probes that they just kind of end up getting eaten by. Like, right? He I doesn't mean, get eaten by a probe in Star Trek The Motion Picture. Will well, Decker does not get eaten. He volunteers to, to be eaten. To merge with Ilea. Well, okay, that when you put it that way, <laughs> it's tough to argue. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, I would tell you, though, uh, uh, Will Decker was my second choice. Okay. For mm. that very reason. Do you think he's fanatical? No. I think he does something that's a little fanatical. I think he ends up, I mean, he sacrifices himself to save the planet Earth, which is versus not Kabata? Fanatical. I don't think it was that crazy. <laughs> I'm just saying, the guy, can you imagine? Jim, as badly as you want the Enterprise, I want Persis Kabata. Well, he yeah. lost the Enterprise, and, yeah. and that right. was so devastating. Yeah. It was like, well, I might as well merge with this giant robot and right. this woman I loved like five years ago or we right. went on a yeah. couple dates with. That seems like a pretty crazy thing to do. True. But, you know, it, it, it runs in the, in the blood. It runs apparently. in the family. <laughs> yeah. That is a crazy family. Yeah. Could you imagine Matt Decker's wife, man? First she loses Matt, then she loses her son. God damn it, I'd Jim. like to see that story. Right. That could have been, like? you know, Star Trek Kirk's II, The Wrath of Mrs. Uh, Decker. The right. Wrath it's of Mrs. basically <laughs> Friday the 13th, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I wonder who they would have cast. As Mrs. Decker? Yeah. Who would you cast as Mrs. Decker? Shatner. In drag, <laughs> Eve Arden, Eve Arden. <laughs> Tony Curtis in drag. <laughs> oh my gosh! No, Eve Arden, <laughs> Barbara Eden. Um, yeah. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Da, 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 da. My wish is that Matt Decker is back. Uh, okay, so uh, that's a great choice. That's an excellent. The, the grand. Daddy of all, obs- I mean, you said it yourself. It's Ahab. It's Moby Dick. I mean, yeah. what a perfect way to start us off with uh, most fanatical Starfleet officers. I mean, um, I'm going to turn to you, Darren Doctorman. Yes, Mark. Um, who who would your choice be? My absolutely favorite 
not only uh, crazy Starfleet officer, but favorite performance by someone other than the main cast is from the Omega Glory. I knew it. Mm-hmm. So predictable. Captain Two-dimensional Ronald things. Tracy. The most crazy of all the starship captains. Starship captains? <laughs> yes, yeah. Kirk, the savage in the cell with you. Did you set him free? The savage, Kirk, you set him to warn the tribes. The Yangs must have been warned. They sacrificed hundreds just to draw us out in the open. And then they came. And they came. They drained four of our phasers and they still came. We killed thousands and they still came. Uh, he, I mean, you know, he's he's played by, what's the, uh, Morgan Woodward. Morgan Woodward, the late Morgan Woodward. The late Morgan Woodward, who was also a... Uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Van Gelder. Van Gelder. No, Dr. Van Gelder. <laughs> Gelder. <laughs> um, that guy wasn't crazy. No, he wasn't crazy at <laughs> no, all. He wasn't Starfleet, so he doesn't fit into this. But it's it's his performance in both of those roles is so freaking good, and he's a nut job. He has he has you know he too lost his entire crew basically, right? Um, and Why do they keep leaving him. They're always the last place you look. And always the captains are surviving. Right. For some reason. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, Captain Tracy stayed on the planet, and so he was immunized from this, uh, from the... Coronavirus. From, from, from the, the, the salt disease that turns everyone into Epsom salts. Um, and he thinks that he's found the fountain of youth on this planet. Uh, because the the natural citizens live, you know, sometimes over a thousand years old. How they measure years on this other planet, I don't know. I guess it all depends on how far from the sun it is. But hey, I'm so not really I'm not nitpicking. Twenty three yeah, years, they're like twenty five years old. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but it's so good. I mean, uh, and and again, these scenes boil down to scenes between the characters between. Kirk, who's been, you know, his hands have been bound by a, a ratty old leather uh, leather uh, string, and he's sitting at the at the base of the table, and in, in comes Ron Tracy, who's just gone through a vicious attack by the uh, by the Combs or the Yangs, the Yangs. I forget. No, no. They they were attacked by the Combs, but the Combs are the communists. The Yangs are the Yankees. No, Tracy is on the side of the Combs. Tracy is on the side of the Combs. The he's Yangs. The, oh, right, because they're Chinese. The Yangs are the are the. Uh, oh, right. Okay. Are the yeah, fair right, hair. Right. He's on the side of the Combs. Yeah. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I stand corrected. It's all right. Of course, it's, it's so logical. It, yeah. <laughs> but he's so he's so full of madness. Yet he still knows. The uh, you know quoting the chapter and verse of the Starfleet regulations that Kirk is uh, is required to present to him for uh, you know uh, breaking the uh, the rules of Starfleet mm. and it's so good and he's so nuts and he should win I mean he he should win in this <laughs> if, we, if I didn't know for... they were having a battle <laughs> okay <laughs> I it's guess a cage match I don't know well, at the end we'll have to see who wins who's the most crazy. No, no, no. He, no, his fight against no, Kirk. In, in the episode. In his, oh, his fight I thought you were Kirk. talking about here what we're doing. No, 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 no. Oh. No, 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 no. This isn't a, this isn't a battle. This is, this is just a, this is a listing. It's not a SmackDown? <laughs> no, okay. We, it's a Solistical. Smack Up. Yeah. We're yeah. accounting. But uh, I, I love Ron Tracy. He's just great. I think Star Trek, the original, missed uh, an opportunity for a great sequel crossover episode. We have the salt vampire from Mantrap mm-hmm. show up on the Exeter and just right. go nuts because everybody's already been turned to salt. Right. And just like, it's a smorgasbord. That's just just the salt vampire is like sitting in the captain's chair, got Whoa. out the air, just like... He's got a, got a boot in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest ship ever. I, the question I have to ask about the salt monster is, uh, uh-huh. how hard were that creature's arteries? I mean... It's oh, eating nothing but blood pressure must have been insane. Mm. Off the charts. It exercises a lot. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I mean that helps. <laughs> Statins. Takes a little potassium yeah. just yeah. to kind of See, I want to remake that with the cookie monster. That would be much nice. better. You know? mm. <laughs> <laughs> we want cookie. Where you going with the plate of those cookies, Lieutenant? <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen you before. <laughs> Crewman, do I know you? 
No. <laughs> oh my God. And it becomes the cookie monster for you. <laughs> the end with this. You know what he's dead. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my you know, goodness. Everybody sees what they want to see. You know, right. McCoy sees somebody. Everybody says, I see the cookie monster. He's got some blue, Doctor, but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. That's what? a hell of an episode. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I just got to do some Photoshop on that. That's just, that's just too good. Oh, I, that'd be great. But you know how you know IDW does those Johnny Byrne things where they sure. take the episodes. <laughs> just do a whole comic book with the Cookie Monsters. Wow. Oh my God. It's He's the, a handsome woman, I'll admit. He's the last of his kind. <laughs> <laughs> like the buffalo. <laughs> well, we've never seen another cookie monster, have we? <laughs> and the Grimace. <laughs> the Grimace is just a shaved cookie monster. <laughs> Admiral McCheese. <laughs> he was a crazy one. <laughs> Oh my God! Okay, so Morgan Woodward, of course, <laughs> is so so amazing in that episode. We can, can we have the line? I mean, he. We talked about Matt Decker had some we great lines. Killed thousands and they still came. Drained four phasers and they still came. Four phasers, four hundred phasers. No, four phasers. Four he phasers? had four phasers. How many power packs? Three extra power packs. <laughs> <laughs> Probably 12 power packs in all, I would oh, guess. That's a lot of phasering. That's a lot of power packs. Sulu, would you beam down 10 phasers with three extra power, power packs, packs, please? please? Uh, we have uh, volunteers standing by. <laughs> <laughs> really? Do you? <laughs> that was awful fast. <laughs> he is so unhinged. You have a well-trained bridge crew, Captain. My compliments. It's funny because he is one of the few guys you felt, even if he was crazy, he was operating on the same level as Kirk. Yeah. Like he yeah. knew what Kirk he was, was just up as to. He was smart as Kirk. He, he, was, he was smart. Um, and, uh, but he was crazy. He was crazy. He was crazy, which, you know, gave him an advantage. I don't know. Maybe it did. Maybe it didn't. Well, but uh, even at the, at the fight, at the end, it's like he is, you know. He almost. That's what I was saying. He yeah. should have won if it weren't for Spock. But I. But even that, how clever is he to say, you know, in your your Bible, right. you know, is there a figure that looks like him? Right. And he's basically telling him, oh, you know, this guy's Satan. You yeah. shouldn't listen to Don't him. Don't you he's recognize the, the servant of the evil one? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's. I mean, that's clever, and I don't even like that episode. Going, that's what I've been trying to tell you. <laughs> that's what I've been trying to tell you. <laughs> that's hysterical. Eat plebnista, indeed. <laughs> if you backmask that, it says Satan is my Lord and Savior. Oh, okay. Eat plebnista. You were on the show when he picked that for guilty pleasures back in the uh, back in the very beginning of the podcast. That was of one course. of our first shows. No, uh, no Omega, Omega Glory. Oh, Omega he picked Glory. Omega oh, yeah. Glory for uh, guilty pleasure. Yeah, yeah. It's we, one of my still favorites. I mean, it's, it's just, you know, I have a soft spot for it because that's why I you know passed my civics class. That's right. Right, because you, know, you knew it from... The, you knew the Constitution. Except for the whole E. Plabnista thing. That, I, I failed yeah. that part. No yeah, right. com, four com, perfectonum. <laughs> See, I, I hate that episode, but, I, <laughs> but, but, but what I do like, I do like... I don't give a date. But um, I, I love, you know, because on the Viewmaster, because that was the Viewmaster. Yes, that's right. I yeah. love when you're on the Exeter and you just, in 3D, it's, and it's, it's really, great. that's it's great. cool. And I do love Mar Morgan Woodward in the episode. I think Morgan Woodward's great, you know, um... So, so all that's pretty cool. Um, and that, poor Lieutenant Galway, who gets shot and killed in, you know, because he... That's a good scene, too, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. When no he comes messages. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's scary. He's really scary. You don't want to mess with Morgan and Woodward. And he's always backlit, which is great. Yes, yeah. 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 <laughs> he, he's that's shot really well. Yep. If you meet somebody who's always backlit, you know. Yeah. They're bad. I liked him a lot better than Van Gelder. Yeah, mm. well, you know, the, look, let's be honest, the... Uh, that the Van Gelder episode is kind of Dagger the Mind. A, yeah, is kind of a, a little bit goofy. Yeah. It's not good. Yeah. Other than I absolutely love her. Oh yeah, Helen Noel. Yeah, yeah, yeah she course. was in um, 
a medium cool with, uh, um, with Robert Forster. And Godfather too. Yeah, yeah. Mariana Hill. Yeah. God, I love her. She's one of my favorite. Uh, I say Bond girls. She's one of my favorite uh, <laughs> Kirk girls. Kirk girls. Yeah, yeah. Kirk women. Yeah. She, she's she, Kirk she's. Unit. <laughs> Why? Well, yes, yes, it is. On <laughs> a future episode, what girls would you merge with Viger to? Never mind. There's a list. <laughs> there's, there's a list. But uh, we're not going to do that list. Um, yeah. So. So, so okay. Captain so, Ronald Tracy. Ronald Tracy, great pick. Ashley E. Miller. Yeah, so... You're going to pick something from DS9, aren't you? I am going to do uh, what I'm more commonly known for doing in other contexts. I'm going to go outside the box. There is no box. There is. Yes, F in the space box. there is There's no, no box. box. In space, <laughs> space is the box. Unless it's box. the cube from Corbin Mike I am going to pick the person who I think is the most insane, relentless fanatical Starfleet officer in the history of the service. Jean-Luc Picard. This man started a war between two planets. He stole a starship, then destroyed it. He traveled back in time just to meet some whales. I'm speaking of none other than James Tiberius Kirk. Lieutenant, you are looking at the only Starfleet cadet who ever beat the no-win scenario. How? I reprogrammed the simulation so it was possible to rescue the ship. What? He cheated. I changed the conditions of the test. Got a commendation for original thinking. I don't like to lose. Oh. Tell me, who in Starfleet is crazier and more fanatical than James T. Kirk, especially in the Mirror Universe? Ah, there's the rub. Right. <laughs> I think there should be no rubbing. Though. No, there's not on this show. This is a <laughs> so you're saying Mir Kirk is your most fanatical? Um, oh, I'm saying that Kirk is the most fanatical, but I'm saying that Mirror Kirk is basically the uh, is the proof. Mirror Kirk went back in time to destroy right. the whales. Yeah, exactly. Right. You know, I'm gonna fly around the sun just to go kill some whales. I'm gonna go wipe them out. <laughs> <laughs> Why? No reason. <laughs> <laughs> see, that's another show I would like to see. All the original Star Trek episodes. Yeah, movies, done from the Mirror, Mirror Universe. 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 Yeah. Yeah. That's really fun. Yeah. That'd be cool. You know, Star Trek Two would never have happened in the Mirror Universe. Because there is absolutely no way that Mira Kirk would have like let those people live. So the right. man trap would then be with the pepper monster. That's right, <laughs> the pepper monster. Everything's He's opposite. Sneezing. <laughs> <laughs> Do you hear that? Where are you going with that? Sneezing. The, the naked, the, the naked time is the dress time. That's right. There you go. Everybody acts sane in the naked time, right. in the mirror universe. It's like right. they're all like they're really nice to each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. I really don't like being mean. Right. <laughs> the enemy within suddenly becomes really interesting. The enemy outside. The enemy outside. <laughs> what happens in that? Do tell. Right. Suddenly becomes like our Captain Kirk in the mirror universe, realizing that he is in a universe that is totally screwed. And uh, his problem is that everybody else wants to merge him back with whatever the hell it is that split off from him. But he realizes that's a mistake. City on the edge of, uh, city on the edge of Pomona. Right. Yeah, in which so. he pushes Edith Keeler in front of the bus <laughs> to ensure that Hitler takes power. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. But in the mirror universe, Hitler is a good guy. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> Damn it. The mirror universe gets so complicated. Oh, my God. So is that really your pick? Captain Kirk is That's your pick? That's not your pick. For most fanatical Starfleet officer? Mirror Captain Kirk is actually my, my pick. Well, you could say the evil Captain Kirk from The Enemy Within. Also, yeah, but that's... Yeah, but he's only that's around not for a couple hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not exactly. that fanatical. He's no, just damaged. Exactly. He's damaged. just a rapist. But the mirror he's Captain Kirk, rapist. we learn yeah, he's what he's rapist. capable of right. just by looking at the history of our Captain Kirk. Hmm. I think you could make the argument, I think it's a great choice, that unless, if, had Kirk not been successful in some of those... Crazy gambits mm-hmm. he had tried. He would right. have been. I mean, he was court martial, wasn't he? Right. For for uh, uh, losing the Enterprise. That's right. Even though they they threw away the 
You know. So you would argue Captain Kirk is a fanatical Starfleet officer. He, I, I think by certain definitions, yeah, he's done very fanatical things that, and you know, uh, you know, had the book thrown at him, could have had the book thrown at him so many more times had he not been successful. I, I think they, you know, they forgave him in his success. The right. might that made him a genius rather than yeah. a crazy yeah. person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. As, you know, a certain president of the United States is hailed by some of his supporters. He breaks the rules, laws. Throws away the Constitution by some standards, yeah, but, but because he gets results, he's that just in com- what like. results? What results? Well, not results that I approve <laughs> of, but you know, uh, no, no, he's he's uh, he's fucking John Gill. They got him propped up there in the White House, and they got a bunch <laughs> of Stephen Miller's whispering in his ear. Uh, but that's it for another conversation. Um, so, uh, you know, not reading anything. John Gill read a lot more books than Trump. So okay, John Gill had this not been limited to crazy Starfleet. Which is a great topic, right. by the way. John Gill, I think, was crazier Absolutely. than any crazy. I, I, I think I think he's Starfleet. I think he is. I think he's Starfleet. He's a, he's they, a researcher. They, they sent him there. Starfleet sent him there. Yeah. He, Did they he send works him? under yeah. the umbrella okay. of the Federation. So really, Starfleet. Well, I'm taking back my pick then because I'm picking John Gill. I didn't realize well, he was an. Officer. We are in the John Gill Memorial Podcast Studio. <laughs> right. How almost by we definition, we've, we've How can we not John talk Gill? about him? We have to talk. We have to talk about John Gill. I mean, anyone who thinks. That you know, I, well, we understand the argument he it made. Was the it. most efficient state Earth ever knew? <laughs> really? Was it? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I mean, well, you it's direct not like all it's the, the you know, like he was like you know modeling you know the uh, modeling it after California for the love of God. That's I mean, for sure, right? What? That's like, which is hardly the most efficient state the world ever knew. So I think in the mirror universe, John Gill mirrored it after like you know the Scandinavian countries, you know, because they I think because they had the free Swedish healthcare. bikini team. Yeah. I'm just saying I think they're probably a little more efficient than Nazi we're Germany. So far, we're so far off the rails. But we're not because the, no rails. The, the John Gill is 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 a completely no, legitimate pick. Yeah. And the, the the you know, his whole fallacy for this brilliant historian to say, I'm gonna model to bring you together, I'm gonna model a Nazi Germany and basically say, Okay, so we need someone to hate to direct all our right. animosity to. Right. So we're gonna we're gonna you know what was it the um it was the Ekotians right yeah. who was the Ekotians and then it was the, the Ekotians were the were the Nazis oh and the Zions the Zions 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 big they'll never walk again yeah so it's like okay so if we all hate the Zions then we're gonna be real efficient because we're gonna be these total xenophobes that basically want to kill all the Zions right who have better technology than us sure. So I don't know where, you know, it's like those who forget the past are condemned to relive it, right? Like George Santiana said. So where, how how does this make any sense? He is fanatical. <laughs> Clearly he's, he's fanatical. He's definitely crazy. Because it makes no sense. It it's it's no the sense. man who would be Hitler is what it, what it was. You know, he says, yeah. but he thinks he can control it. You know, it's like, oh, but without the without the hate... Nazi Germany would have been very efficient. Right, right. But that was what they built it on. They, under slave labor, they built the factories. And I mean, it's like, how is that an efficient state without uh, the, the anti-Semitism and the, the anti-immigrant behavior? See, that's, uh, the, behavior? that's the point of the episode. Right. That's that's what it's trying to teach I know, us. but it just shows how, I mean, absolutely ridiculous crazy how crazy, John, crazy town again, John Gill was. And, but it made no sense if he was this brilliant historian because didn't um, uh, Kirk take his class in, in college? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of teacher did he Maybe he got an F. I mean, he was, was he like Kingsfield? I mean, what kind of professor was he? You come in here with your brains full of mush and you leave thinking like a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I couldn't have been a good teacher. Oh my god! Oh my god! I I, I just I, I don't understand. Kind of paper chase. And like, how do you think he? Like, well, it was all Melicon. It was all Melicon. Melicon. Melicon's the bad guy. Right. Skip Homeyer. Skip Homeyer, the the source of all evil. This I was just Eden. watching some old commercials the other day. Here's Skip Homeyer. Selling like insurance. Would you buy anything from Skip Homeyer? No, no, me either. <laughs> I didn't like him in that. I didn't like him in This Way to Eden. And... But you weren't supposed to like him. I know, but I don't like him selling butter or whatever he's selling. I don't like his insurance. Well, I definitely wouldn't buy butter from him. No, butter. only Shatner. But I, I wouldn't buy butter from Brando either. Now that I think about it, sure you would. Well tested. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you, <laughs> butter slightly used. My God, God, this is. I, Fanatic, episode. episode. This episode will never. You want me to go back to Captain Kirk? Would that help? No, (laughs) (laughs) we haven't heard your choice. Yeah, man. 
right thinking. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it well. with the crazy. You know, I, I feel like I, um, I think that, you know, yeah, obviously like John Gill is, was great. Um, no, he was crazy. I have somebody in mind, but I think just, you know, you know, my first instinct was where where it was to go, but I, I don't think it makes sense because he ended up not being fanatical. It's Bob Gunton in Pegasus. Right. Um You mean the Oh the wounded. Bob Gunton and Bob Gunton and the Wounded. Bob Gunton mm-hmm. and the Wounded, you know, is basically like on this um you know, attacking all these Cardassian ships and destroying all these Cardassian ships. And he appears to be completely fanatical until basically Picard, you know, sort of Except I mean, look, I agree with you. I mean, I was thinking about picking him, but I would argue that this is in he's TNG, he is, by the way. Um, and it's a great episode. It's like it's one of my favorites. But the one is good. That even though, you know, look, he is very methodical. He is still, I think, acting out of madness. He is still acting reflexively. But it turns and, out he was right. It does he turn out right, he though. was right. But, you know, just because, like, you're right, it doesn't yeah, mean you, that you're yeah. not crazy. I mean, yeah, that, there's that, that's true. There's that's that true. great speech that, or is that even a speech? It's that little moment that Picard has with him. It says, I think that if you've been angry, you know, long enough, you know, it starts to feel comfortable, like yeah, old yeah, leather, yeah, and so yeah, you can't yeah. remember feeling any other way at all. And, and and Bob Gutton has that great speech about, like, what drove him to this, and he's just talking yeah, about the children. I was once a warden at a, at a prison, and <laughs> yeah. this guy escaped, and I was kicked Someone out. I lost obtuse. my pension. <laughs> <laughs> I know what they're doing. I can smell it. There's no good reason for a science station in the Quayar system. But it's a hell of a strategic site for a military transport station. A jumping off point into three Federation sectors. They're running supply ships back and forth, and nobody's going to tell me it's for scientific research. But whatever circumstances you encountered, why didn't you notify Starfleet? (laughs) Wait six months while the bureaucrats sit around reading reports trying to figure out what to do? They don't know what's going on out here. But you should, Picard. You know what it's like to be under fire. You weren't under fire. Lives were at stake. Whose lives? We had to act now. Why? It smells musty in here. Like a bureaucrat's office. You have killed nearly 700 people. And you have taken us to the brink of war. I have prevented war. Or at the very least, delayed it a good long time. The peace treaty was a ruse. To give them breathing room, time to regroup. And so all alone, you decided to dispose of the treaty. I took the initiative. I did what had to be done. Um, that may be one of the first O'Brien-centric episodes, too, yeah. I think, right? Wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. You know, yeah. Really, Certainly hey. the first one he sang in. Hopefully. Oh, did he? Ooh, yeah. Yeah. That was not good, um, but it's a great episode, and 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 particularly the ending is so great. Yeah, you know yeah. where uh, Mark Alemo is basically you know cock of the walk after they've stopped this, and you know Picard has you know done what he's done, and and, and then Picard basically throws him off the ship, mm-hmm. saying you know he wasn't wrong. Um, he, he, what he did may have been wrong, but he wasn't wrong, and and it's You're great because dick. I, it, it is where Patrick marshals this you know immense amount of power that he has, um, and you know he really stands up to Mark Lemo, who was uh he was not Ducat in that episode, he was some other D word, uh, <laughs> and uh, but, but that's a great you know that's a great denouement for that episode. It, I mean, it's a good episode, and as you said, it's a good O'Brien episode because until then he was basically you know the guy at, at the helm of the battle bridge, and then he was the transporter sometimes guy. Transporter and yeah, you, you never knew what he was doing, but uh, but I feel there was because you mentioned the Pegasus. I feel there was a crazy admiral in the Pegasus. Yeah, that was um, that lost. Uh, that was uh, Terry Quinn. Terry yeah. Quinn. Terry Quinn. Yeah. Not to be confused with Kerry O'Quinn, the right. publisher of Starlog. Right. Who <laughs> it was also crazy. But yeah, Terry O'Quinn yeah, was 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 crazy in uh, Pegasus. Yep. Um, Similar and, crazy, and you know, had the greater good in mind, and you know, was not. Yeah, and was willing to you know flaunt the law, and, and it's kind of a very similar episode, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, except yeah. Riker is the one who used to be his. You know, it was like O'Brien was, you know, instead of the Cardassians, it's the Romulans. 
You know, it's a whole cloaking device, MacGuffin. Yeah, it's not easy to come up with 26 of those a year. Damn no, right. not, I, like, I like both the episodes. Don't get me wrong. I like both those episodes quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, I think both, Pegasus is a better episode. The, Pegasus the, is yeah. a better episode. Um, Pegasus allowed is not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, the Wounded has one of my bizarrely favorite Star Trek battles when they're just watching like the blips on the grid on the view screen. Oh, and they start disappearing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Just, it's so, it's like your imagination, you're, 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 you're thinking of a far, you know, greater space battle than they could probably have ever afforded to show. Like a radio play. Yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> no, it, it's us. like that great scene in Aliens where they all ha- are, are yeah. strapped in yeah. and then slowly as the aliens are, ki- you don't see the aliens killing them, you just see the monitors going Going dead, to static, you yeah. know, because it's all about Ripley. It's not about these guys getting eviscerated, right? Yeah, yeah. It's so it's, 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 it's really cool. It's very similar in The Wounded. You're right. Yeah. Data's sitting there calling out the, you know, he's charging phasers, he's firing phasers, and you, it's just a very tense sequence. You know, now, if you did it now, you'd have to, like, 20 minutes show all these visual effects of ships right. swooping around and blowing up and doing and yeah. turbo lifts. Whether the turbo-ing. POV was motivated in it or not. Yeah. In a giant open space that doesn't fit on the spaceship anywhere? Is that what you're Yeah, right. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. And, uh, but, you know, I, I was saying that was, wasn't my pick. Um, I have somebody I want. I'm really torn. Should I go with my next generation nope. pick or my TOS pick? Because my TOS pick is better, but my TNN, TNG pick spreads around the, the love a little more. Why have we ever wanted to spread, spread around the love? love spreader. Okay. Then you know what? I'm not going to go with <laughs> Nella Darren from the Drumhead. Okay. Oh. Gene Simmons. Okay. You know, I'm going to go with... Look. Gene Simmons, who wanted to rock and roll yeah. all, all night, night. and party. <laughs> that was the problem. That's why she was so fanatical. All she did was want to party. That thing that she could do with her tongue, that was so weird. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> you know, oh my god, and then the makeup was oh, so yeah. heavy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Westmore just went crazy. <laughs> what was he thinking? Yeah, so now Darren, fine, she was crazy, you know, but right. whatever. Who cares? <laughs> 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 I mean, she was, you know, basically, you know, Roy Cohn, but uh, in that episode of the Drumhead. How dare you, you who consort with Romulans? Invoke my father's name to support your traitorous arguments. It is an offense to everything I hold dear. And to hear those words used to subvert the United Federation of Planets. My father was a great man. His name stands for integrity and principle. You dirty his name when you speak it. He loved the Federation. But you, Captain, corrupt it. You undermine our very way of life. I will expose you for what you are. I've brought down bigger men than you, Picard. But let's talk about a really crazy episode. Let's talk. A, let's talk about a crazy episode with a, a crazy Starfleet officer who has the ultimate redemption at the very end. Surely, this, this, again. No, it's Fred and Circuses. Oh. First Citizen Americus. You go down to um, a planet. Um, that worships the sun, right. sun, and quotation marks. Square and, quotes. And, song. you know, it, it, you think you're in for, like, a really crappy episode, and um, and uh, you meet this guy who used to be the captain of the USS Beagle, right? Yes. And he knows what a starship captain is really about. Right. Because mm-hmm. he was a spaceship captain. So now he has... He a, couldn't become a starship that's captain. That's right. And he is the that's life of Riley. type of person. <laughs> yeah. He is the life of Riley here on Roman World. Uh, you but know, not Kevin Riley. He, no, 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 he was living his own life on the on, on HBO Max. So, um, oh, I was thinking of Kevin Riley. <laughs> <laughs> You're like... Sorry. I was thinking... The ball is way down there, man. Kevin Riley, the former head of TNT, <laughs> right. is running HBO Max. Not Kevin Riley from Charlie X and right. the Naked And the Conscience of the King. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, anyway... Incontinence of the King. Incontinence of the King. <laughs> He's on the throne. But this is a whole episode. <laughs> Star Trek episodes we want to see. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, We're going back to pee. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Maricus 
Yes. What's, what's so great is Captain you know, he is this total worm. You totally yes. get why he's not a starship captain. Right. He doesn't deserve to be a starship captain. He completely sells out the Enterprise. He wants to get them to beam down the whole crew right. so they can be turned into gladiators. Right. You know, it, it is just and, – and, he, and he, he fails at all this. And he basically is made fun of the whole – he's like Pence. Right. He basically is just <laughs> the dog at the heel of the guy uh, who, you, who you played in a fan film, I believe, right? That's correct. Pro well, Consul pro, Claudius pro Marcus. Claudius Marcus. And, and, you know, he's just so disdainful of Marcus. So at the end, you know, we always talk about they threw, threw him a few curves. They threw me a few curves being like this great moment, right. which it is. But it's a funny joke. and it's, it's a James Bond joke. It's a James Bond joke, right? But really, the great thing in this episode is when Kirk and Spock are about to get killed, mm-hmm. you know, and Marcus decides to sacrifice he throws him the communicator he this la- he redeems himself he yeah. saves him he throws him the communicator and and they get away just in time right. it's such a great scene I mean, you know, Under whatever you think of... hail of bullets that are being transported up along with them. That's <laughs> awesome. I want to see the end of that, right? <laughs> I want to see the guy fixing the transporter of after Oh, it should have ended. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a bunch of lead there. With, uh, um, but all Mer- the momentum is concerned. But Mericus, <laughs> I mean, he, there's another one who, who's like, I think it'd be really great to be like the number two guy on ancient Rome. And I'm going to send my entire crew to fight in the arena, the barbarians. Right. So, um, but uh, here, here again, here's a here's a, you know, he's I don't think he's Starfleet. I think he was more like Merchant Marine. He was, um, but he's a captain. But he's a cat. He was a captain of a of a spaceship, and his whole crew was killed too. Mm-hmm. You know, and all these all these uh, commanders who are put in the same situation react badly. Right. It's almost like bingo, right? Because, um, you know, entire crew killed. Right. Check. Check. Um, went native with, you know, an alien culture. Check. Check. Right. Totally crazy and screws over Kirk. Check. Right. Bingo. Like, it's it, like all these all these sort of uh, variations on Heart of Darkness. Yeah. Are, are, you know, bring us all these crazy Starfleet people. And it's yeah. great. But the most, <laughs> look, but, but going back to Bob Gutton and the Wounded, that was the most Heart of Darkness. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, sure. Thing. You know, he really goes downriver and, you know. The Wounded. The wounded, the wounded. So, uh, but I, I just think Marcus is great. Is, is that his redemption is great, and it, it, it gets me every time when he throws him the communicator. No, it's great. It's a great then, scene. Then he gets a knife in the knife in the back from Pro Council uh, Claudius Maximus. Marcus. 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 <laughs> you bring this network's ratings down, we'll do a special well, on that, you. I, like, that's a whole other thing. I mean, we're going to do a show. That's my favorite part is like mm-hmm. the dudes, are, like the Romans with the cameras. And I'm like, that's awesome. I mean, we're going to do a show on um, called The Beaker Full of Death, um, which is about episodes we loved uh, with, as kids that maybe we don't like as much and, 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 and episodes that we hated as kids that we like now. Right. And um, Bread of Circuses is probably a good example of that. It's an episode I didn't love when I was a kid. Didn't love it. You know, I, don't, I love it now. I, I think that it's a great satire on television. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole thing that they're trotted out, these gladiators. And back, it seems so quaint when we were younger. Oh, they would never do that. Bring right. these people out to fight to the death and have it televised, and right. all they care about is the ratings. Now it seems like now quaint. It's, yeah. it's like, oh, right. wow. didn't they used to do that? Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like network you watch <laughs> now. Is this a documentary? <laughs> How quaint. <laughs> um, but uh, it's it's a really fun episode, and it has everything in it, and it has that you know that twist at the end. We find it's not right. the sun up in the sky; it's the son of God. Yeah, which is kind of goofy, kind of hokey, and unnecessary. Was never yeah. an important part of the, the, um, you know. It, it's always they keep coming to these planets that are supposed to be identical to Earth, right? But you know, it's almost like they work too hard. It was like in Bond, they were trying to figure out in Our Majesty's Secret Service, do we give um, George Lazenby plastic surgery to explain why he doesn't look like Sean Connery anymore, right? right? Overthinking, and then overthinking it, and then they realize, okay. We're just going to have this one-liner and, you know, this never happened to the other fellow and just move on, right? It's the same thing with Star Trek. Like, they come to these planets because they were using the back lot somewhere that looked like Earth. Mm -hmm. And we had to say, oh, you know, Hodgkin's Law of Parallel Planetary Evolution. And this is just like Earth and just like the 20th century. Who is this Hodgkin's fellow? Yeah, yeah. He's a fanatic. (laughs) Uh, I think he was the line producer. (laughs) 
I think he was the line producer who wanted them to save money. But I mean, I think too often they would say, you know, try and twist themselves into pretzel nuts, try and explain how like this is paralleling. Though there is some uh, some fun retconning in some of the novels later, where the uh, the role of the preservers is mentioned. Ah, That the preservers went and seeded all these uh, planets with you know identical humans. Right. Okay. It seems like they preserved Earth. Itself, though, in many, you know, you have well, Miri had a duplicate Earth, you and Earth had in the twentieth century, in the mid sixties, right? Yeah. We're assuming that Earth was the original site. That's right. That's, ah, well, well, that's that's a fair point. But hmm. maybe we're a duplicate. Maybe we're not the real Earth. So right. we should do a TV not show the Earth. That's another Earth. Another Earth. Well, yeah. Next generation got into that a little bit with uh, the chase, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, they touched on that, the whole idea of seeding the, the universe. The Which, I, you know, speaking of non-fanatical Starfleet officers, Norman Lloyd, I think, is wonderful in The sure. uh, Chase. I mean, it was so good to see him, who, you know, obviously, I mean, I love from his work with Hitchcock, but then he's so great in uh, St. Elsewhere, too. I mean, what an amazing career Norman Lloyd had, yeah. and had. I mean, yeah, still, he's alive. still alive. I still mean, working. Still yeah, alive. and, and um, uh, you know, he, he was really good, and him and Patrick had a nice chemistry in in the chase i mean you know i have to respect as bad as um so many of those seventh season episodes of next generation are it definitely took risks and there are a couple of really strong interesting episodes there even something as ridiculous as genesis where they all turn into uh cavemen you know i'm not gonna say it i'm not gonna say he's not gonna say what Genesis. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but that like that's not hard. On paper, it should be awful, and it's not. It's the same as Rascals. We've talked about that before. You know, they all get turned into kids. Awful yeah. idea, right? It's, it just, it shouldn't work at all, and it kind of works. Yeah, because you know, it almost charming. felt like they were willing. It was the seventh season that they 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 would just go for broke, and sometimes it didn't work, like masks, but other times. Um, you know, it, it it paid sort of rich dividends, which was nice, which was kind of what the original did in that it would take these crazy risks and sometimes they didn't pay off, but often it did. I think did. that's another podcast uh, uh, title, you know, the the, bot- the bottom of the barrel, we're out of ideas, favorite episodes, you know. <laughs> the, uh, for some reason, the, uh, what was it called, One Little Ship, the DS9 episode, <laughs> which was... It's great. It's so much fun. And how can that be great? <laughs> right. I don't know. It's so stupid. Yeah. But it's great, but and especially for that show, which is more grounded and real. You think yeah. they'd never do that, and then yeah. And I'm pretty sure that was an idea that was like on the shelf for like two or three years, and they were like, "This." How do you just... buy that? How do you develop that? <laughs> How does it get into it? Made as an episode? No idea, and it actually works. Yeah. Insane. And all the series have those, or the at least the original ones with sure. the non-serialized storytelling. And look, and that's a lesson I think the newer shows can benefit from. You know, regardless if you love them, you don't like them. And, you know, I think it's worth saying, you know, some people said, oh, you guys don't talk that much about the new shows. You must hate them or you must, you know, people draw their conclusions because we don't really talk about them. It's very important to say that we are all um, peers. We're all in the business, right? I don't feel it's appropriate for us to, to either shit on other people's work or really whatever or say, you know, at this job, like it's easier for us to look back because it's still contemporary. Yeah, yeah. at the shows, right. you know, where we weren't doing this, we're watching from the perspective of being fans. You know, now I just don't think it's fair to the people. A lot of people who we know we're friends with. Right. So whether we love them or don't like the new shows, I don't feel like you know people like it's we're not so, our purpose. It's always a complicated. Like, I, I remember people were surprised that we had. Um, um, uh, Anson Mount on. Why wouldn't we? Right. You know, but we're talking to him about acting. Did, you know, this is not a, cr- a show where we uh, review shows. Yeah, it's and, not a right. criticism show. Yeah, yeah right. and and I don't Except really feel it's we our hate. place. There are a lot of fans out there that are making their opinions known, pro and con, about the new shows. Mm-hmm. Right. And great, good for them. Right. Um, but I don't feel, given that you know these people are our peers, the people we work with, I'm, I'm sure there are people on some of the new shows I've worked with. But I'm sure there are people you've worked with in the past. I'm not. I'm just not going to tell them what they should be doing. Yeah. yeah. One way or the other, you know, um, you know, or, it, because it's not it's not our place to do that. So I mean, when people say, "Well, you seem to not talk about stuff since uh, Enterprise," you know, obviously that you know, you worked on, you have unique insight into it, but you know. Um, you know, we're just not going to really get into a, a kind of a, a deep, critical dive on the and new I, shows. I could give the snide comment and say, well, we don't talk about it because it's not Star Trek. But I'm not going to say that. See, I'm not going to go there. I will say 
in the in the land of kind of bringing it into into topic, the land of chocolate. And maybe this is all we need to say, but I think that um, among like the insane, crazy, fanatical starship captains, we must oh, add Lorca. Captain Lorca. Sure, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Although he's a mirror, uh, mirror. It's, it's revealed that he's mirror Lorca. So, if in, so in, in mirror terms, he's, true he's kind to of his, functional, right. honestly. Yeah. He's not really crazy. He's he, kind yeah. of, he gets well, things done. Excuse me. Yeah. But you absolutely, I mean, I think Lorca is a legitimate, you know, pick. Absolutely. And particularly when, you know, in those early episodes where he's acting so uncharacteristic for a Starfleet officer. Yep. Um, you know. It's a great pick. Um, you know, that it was. A great we, performance, too. Yeah, for sure. No, yeah, Jason, Jason Isaac's great. I mean, yeah. they did, you know, w- w- again, without Why doing Why didn't they just have him wearing sunglasses? At night? Oh, oh my uh, God! I just said we're not going to talk about these shows. <laughs> no. And then what do you do? Meow! <laughs> right there. I'm just saying. He's sensitive to light. Okay, wear sunglasses. Done. I, I got to admit, um, a uh, starship captain kind of rocking the David Caruso sunglasses yeah. would be kind of awesome. No, they got to take a teaser. What? It's a Klingon ship, sir. You know, it's 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 funny. I had a friend who worked on NYPD Blue, and maybe the story. Who cares now at this point? But uh, they were talking about you know for David Caruso's last shot. It's you know when he quit uh, NYPD Blue. You know he's he's walking out of the station house, the precinct here. So he uh, you know he says his line, da da da, and uh, he walks out the door. They say cut, and everybody's waiting for Caruso to come back so they can applaud and you know wrap him out and you know say thank you, David, and everybody can say their goodbyes, and they're waiting and they're waiting. Crusoe's show up, waiting. Look, he's he's gone back to his dressing room, got his stuff, got in his car, and left. <laughs> never showed, never walked back in, wow. never came back. <laughs> I heard a similar story about Chuck Norris on Walker, Texas Ranger, but what happened was he's basically deaf and didn't hear anybody call cut, so he just kept walking. Oh. Like, no kidding, true story. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, and they're remaking, CW's remaking Walker with uh, Jared Pilecki. I, I actually think that show's going to be big. Do you think Jared Pilecki? could also stand up in a fight against Bruce Lee, which was how the world discovered Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris, right, yeah. exactly. No, I think it's a different kind of show, but I think that uh, I think that show will do well. Yeah. Because, you know, it's like don't remake the good stuff, remake the bad stuff, you know? One Try day, again. You know, My very first interview in the industry was for a <laughs> staff writer job on Walker, Texas. Oh, really? Oh, wow. <laughs> Your career would be very different if you and had that. And I remember one of the, the producers, I, did, I didn't get the gig. They they promoted internally. I'm glad for it ultimately. Uh, but the producer said that Chuck would take a pass on every one of the scripts. So the writers would all write pretty right. good scripts. Right. And then it would go <laughs> off and he would rewrite it and would come back totally unrecognizable. But you still had your draft that you right. could right. people. <laughs> but they were not a happy shop. Did he <laughs> did he cut a lot of his dialogue? Because I know a lot of his older actors do that. I mean, we had that with um, on Agent X when we had Fred Dreyer. And he didn't he, – he, he said, I have a lot of input on my scripts. And really what he wanted was just less dialogue because yeah. he had trouble – he used to play football. He had trouble remembering his dialogue, so um, he liked to thin it out. And it actually works. It was the Eastwoodian kind of thing. And occasionally you would shout out, Blue 52. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Fanatical Starfleet oh, officers. I've got one. Yes. Deep Space Nine. Admiral Layton from Homefront. Oh, yes. Yes. Awesome. Robert Foxworth. Yep. Yeah. The late Robert Foxworth, who recently passed away. Yeah. Who is also kind of right, yet totally wrong. Mm. They're changelings. Got to do whatever we have to do to stop the changelings. It's kind of like almost, I hate to say it, this whole coronavirus scare. And who knows, by the time this broadcast, it could be much worse than it is right now. But like... You know, there's such a panic about the changelings and about, you know, quarantining Earth and, and locking everything. You know, it's uh, he was a great he, you know, again, when you have a charismatic actor like Robert Foxworth, mm-hmm. it just elevates. I mean, all these it's interesting. All these are such great actors. Bob Gutton, you know, mm-hmm. Terry O'Quinn, um, Gene Simmons, mm-hmm. William Wyndham, Morgan Woodward, mm-hmm. like everyone we've talked about. There, there's there's such a inherent charisma and a force, you know, to the you know because it, it takes a good actor to do crazy believably. Mm-hmm. That's right, and sympathetically. Yeah, 
And it's probably my favorite like two part run in, in all of Deep Space Nine though those two episodes I can't remember mm-hmm. what the titles were Homefront or mm-hmm. Home- Homefront yeah. Yeah. so great Paradise, Paradise Lost. Lost yeah those are great I mean the the uh, parallels not only to you know what's going on right now but like, to to the war on terror which of course hadn't even happened yet yeah. are just stunning all the changes we made in our lives because totally. of terrorism the Patriot Act yep yeah I mean you look at the show now and it's like oh obviously hey, it's a metaphor for terrorism no they did the show like three four years before that yeah right yeah, yeah. it's it's astonishing you know. Um, it's interesting because you talked about uh, that episode which features Brock Peters, and I was thinking about how great he was as Cisco's father, but he was also oh, great crazy. as another yeah. fanatical Starfleet officer. Admiral Cut, right. And, and what was right. interesting, talking about retconning, you know, he's just a guy they cast in Star Trek Four, right? right. Yeah. Who's good in Star Trek Four? And then Nick Meyer says, you know, I want people to feel this, so what does he do? You know, originally he wanted Savic to be the traitor, but right. he didn't get her, right. so it's Valeris. So how can we... And then... You know, to, when, you know, to take Brock Peters, who everybody loves from To Kill a Mockingbird right. and from Star Trek, and make him one of the villains, one of the conspiracy. It's it's a great idea. Arrest those men. Arrest <laughs> yourself. <laughs> <laughs> he was my third choice in the event that both of the Deckers had been chosen. Right. <laughs> the He's great. Family. <laughs> the Decker family. Star Trek Decker family coming soon on CBS. All access. <laughs> It's like Seventh Heaven, but with Starfleet officers. With, yeah, exactly. A family full of, you know, it's like, what, what was the show where they did, well, they all took place at West Point or at all? Beaker full of family. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, he could be on, he could be a doctor, Beaker. You could have Beaker in, in one of the labs. You know, when we're keeping our Muppet thing going, we could have Beeper, Beaker in the Beeper. Beeper. <laughs> they all communicate with Beepers. <laughs> I need to reach the Enterprise. Beep, beep. One beep for yes, Call two for back. no. I want to call out one more, <laughs> one more crazy Starfleet officer. Yes, who would that be? You ready? We're ready. Priest, Janice Lester. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was. Yeah. Uh, she was on my short list too. So um, we're back to Shatner. We're back, we're to, back Shatner. to Shatner. <laughs> As always, it comes back to Shatner. Shatner, with a woman inside his body. I think maybe you she left what? some of the craziness behind. He was dark. He behind. was drunk. <laughs> a little curious. <laughs> this mutiny? You'll pay my orders. She's so crazy. And, of course, yeah. in, in the big retcon now, um, her statement that uh, women weren't allowed uh, to be starship captains right. has been retconned as, oh, no, she was wrong. She was just crazy. Right. You know, even though for the time yeah, that yeah. was kind of right. uh, it's probably uh, their intention. Probably their was... intention. No, that was clearly their intention, yeah. and it's Fred just Freiburg been. But but in subsequent shows, of course, there've been women captains, of course, of course. and there, of course, there would be women captains. So uh, the whole idea is, yeah, she's crazy. She just yeah. imagined it's like right. you couldn't be a captain, but you're crazy. Right. But there were plenty of women captains. But uh, she's just, I mean, she's uh, probably less crazy when she's in Kirk's body. Or, or well, she has to pretend yeah. that you know she's Kirk, so she has to bring it down. She has right. to believe it or not, has to bring it down a notch, which yeah. is kind of wacky. Crazy, crazy. But uh, you know, of course, the last uh, regular episode of TOS uh, is just—it's uh-huh. crazy. It's well, cra- we, I mean, we, we've talked about crazy. it. It's a little crazy. If we were show. to have a cage match of crazy, right? If we who really were, but, no, no, but, but but just, just limiting versus... it, limiting it to Shat. Right, right. Uh, Mirror Kirk, right. Enemy Within Kirk, Janice Lester Kirk. Who wins in a fight? Well, mm. that's a good question. Mm. I think uh, I think Janet Lester Kirk. No, because she didn't do too well in that episode. Oh yeah, yeah. They, they, you know, Spock was able to knock her out. I would think if <laughs> I'd say it's, it's a tie between Mirror Kirk and Enemy Within Kirk. I think. I, I think, think they're pretty evenly I matched. Think oh, Mirror Mi- Kirk. Yeah. I think Mirror Kirk would take it because Mirror Kirk has play, all the. He played dirty. Yeah. 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 You're right. He yeah. wouldn't. He wouldn't you play know. by the rules. And without Spock there to say, "Well, you're obviously not our Kirk," and he immediately locks him up. Apparently, right when they beam <laughs> on. Um, so without Spock to interfere, I think uh, Mirror Kirk no would, would do well. In our right galaxy, yeah, I, I think Mayor Kirk would defeat everyone on the show. Matt Decker, yeah, <laughs> I think he would defeat yeah. Maricus. He would defeat. Uh, I think it would be tough, but I think he probably de- defeat, defeat uh, Ron Tracy. Ron Tracy, and 
I don't even know who you picked. Well, uh, you, you, you had like Kirk. Kirk, you <laughs> Kirk, but I don't know what that means. So. Well, I think we, at the very least, I think we've found a new captain for the Captain's Courageous Round on Starship SmackDown. Indeed we have. And on that note, I want to thank Mike Sussman. I want to thank uh, Ashley the Miller. Hell I am. <laughs> Ashley E. Miller. I want to, and, and, and of course, uh, Darren, for a uh, very enlightening episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm really, really excited about seeing the Cookie Monster in the Man Trap. That, to me, is going to be glorious. So uh, I want to thank you, our audience, for joining us for uh, Inglorious Trexperts. If you're a fan of this podcast, you may want to check out Electric Surge's other podcasts like The 430 Movie every Friday, The Rebel and the Rogue every Tuesday, Best Movies Never Made, Every other Monday, and the new Doctor Who podcast, Two on Who, every other Thursday. You can also watch video podcasts of all your favorite Electric Surge shows on Electric Now, available on Stir, Zumo, and Distro TV apps, and coming soon to the Electric Now app. Also, if you enjoyed this podcast, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Five. If you're not watching Electric Now, Darren's holding up his hand and five. he's displaying five digits. It's indicating five stars. Jimmy Doon couldn't do that. No, he couldn't. Bye. Finally, a very special thanks to uh, Bill Ritter and everyone here at Electric Surge Network, as along with uh, vacationing producer Natalie Miscali. John's back, uh, uh, who is uh, sitting in for Natalie, who is off uh, doing something important, I have a feeling. And, of course, Dean Devlin, without whom this show would not be possible. But before we sign off, i got to ask Bill Ritter. we got to go to the booth. we got to go behind the glass. Who's your craziest Starfleet captain? I don't know that I have one. I'm sorry. That's okay. Who do you think of the people that we picked? Who would you who would you have picked? I like the guy with the Roman Empire crazy Caligula guy. Oh, you you going with the one I picked. Good choice. Thank Good you choice. very much. And the thank- premium cable version of that episode. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, uh, as always, um, we hope to hear you, see you next Saturday here on Glorious Trexperts. So until then, keep on trekking and gloriously, of course, engage. This show was produced by Dean Devlin and Mark A. Altman and is an Electric Surge Network production.